0: Oh, I'm sorry. oh my Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not preaching for you, brother. <laughs> no. All right. So this is probably a good segue as I'm answering my phone. <clears throat> so I want to thank many of you for uh, praying for me, because I know you have. Uh, last week, I was promoted. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I, you know, I, I I probably I wasn't going to share anything about it, but I, I think it actually... Uh, I think it's worth sharing. You know, people come together in the body to pray for different things, healing, right? a certain situation to change, a breakthrough. And we trust God for those things. We know we don't command him, but we know that the Lord does hear our prayers. And he knows what's best for us. And I have long held the belief that God is the master and I know it sounds kind of negative, killing two birds with one stone, but he is the master of throwing a rock, and it affects multiple areas, multiple people with one move. Amen. Amen. right So um, anyways, I, I share that, and there's, there's more to that, there's more of that tale. But um, truth be told, uh, I was promoted, and I was uh, what happens is when you're promoted. As a lieutenant, you go to the bottom of the list of lieutenants. So there are six of us, and I'm at the bottom. And that means I go back to third shift, and my life is, oh, boy, I come in here exhausted first thing in the morning. You you see me. I've done that. It's tough, right? Well, not only was I promoted, but I was appointed into a very specific position. Um, And uh, this position uh, is usually one that's filled by a senior person, usually not the most junior um, so now I'm the detective commander um, at the police department. Thank you. And, uh, and this, is, this is God's favor. There's no question in my mind. Or there's another, uh, another brother that I work with. Clearly he sees the hand of God in this. It doesn't happen this way. You don't go from the least to the top. And that's what happened. So, I think of the story of David. David was the least of the brothers. But when God's hand is on you, he can put you wherever he likes. And again, I'm not trying to equate myself with David. I'm not saying that at all. But but when the favor of the Lord is on you, it's on you. So, I rejoice and I thank God. And I thank you for your prayers. Amen. 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 Praise God. So, this morning, uh, we're going to be in Matthew 7. And uh, as I said, our service will be a little different. We'll have our message and then some praise after. And uh, we're in Matthew 7. And the title of my sermon today is Four of Gold. Four of Gold. I would think many of you in here are familiar with that term. Uh, or that, that, that name, the golden rule. Right? How many of us know the golden rule? History has it. Uh, because you won't find the term golden rule in your Bible, unless your Bible may put it as a header, but it's not in the, it's not in the scripture itself, right, the golden rule. You're not going to find it. Uh, but history has it that uh, a Roman emperor by the name of Marcus Aurelius Severus Alexander is the one who coined this term golden rule because he actually took this scripture, do unto others as you would have done unto you, he actually took this scripture and put it up in his wall in gold and blazoned it on his wall. The golden rule. And it was something that he felt uh, he should live by. But in any event, the golden rule, we're familiar with it. And I'm going to read from Matthew 7 because to take it out of its context, it's still a great principle, <laughs> but you see the, the, the value and the worth of this verse when it's connected To where it's supposed to be connected. All right, so let's let's look in Matthew 7. Uh, All of the verses apply, but I'm going to pick up at 7. So, Matthew 7 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Jesus is speaking these words. And remember that when Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is, in many ways, reinterpreting Scripture that they already knew. He refers to Deuteronomy, to Leviticus. He brings forth Scripture that there was well known, but he presents it in a slightly different way that you would gain the full understanding how amazing that God would teach us directly and say, you have heard it said. You have heard it said, but I say. And sometimes we need people to speak the truth to us in a clear way and maybe just the way we hadn't heard it before and it (laughs) rings something inside of you and it awakens something inside of you. You know, the Holy Spirit, he knows how to speak to each one of us. And I am convinced that the Holy Spirit speaks differently to each of us. You don't necessarily know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, nor do I know when he's speaking to you. But truth is truth, brothers and sisters. And there are biblical principles that Jesus will talk about here and things that we need to carry with us in this world, in our lives, as Christian men and women. Amen? So I call this the four of gold. And I like to use imagery uh, when I preach. And so I want you to think of this gift, perfect time, Christmas, a a gift of gold. It's wrapped. And and by the golden gift, I want to illustrate uh, my first point. And that is that God helps us and he desires to help us throughout my life. There's this feedback. Is it scratching when I'm talking? It's, it was distracting me. So God wants to help us. And this gift is the idea that the way that God helps us is in many different shapes and forms. It is not all the same. Sometimes you're not sure if that's a help, but God can deliver the way that he desires, not the way that we necessarily expect and that's something key to to remember in Matthew 7-8 we read this for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened James the book of James also tells us that the source of everything good in our lives is God every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of Lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good thing comes from God, but is there a part in this that we play? Is our relationship and the, the way that we conduct with other people? Is that important? Does that matter to God and His desire to help us? Is there a connection there? So we're going to go further. I ask you this directly. Do you have a part, an absolute integral part, do you have a part to play in the way that God deals with us? Hmm. Hmm. I'll let you think about that for a moment. In, In the Beatitudes, in Matthew 5, there is this verse, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Mm. Anybody need to hear it again? We all want to receive mercy when we need it, but we may not always be eager to extend it to others when they need it. That's hard. God clearly expects us to be merciful if we are to expect to receive the same from him. Matthew 6, we notice a similar principle. This is applied to forgiveness and forgiving. Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. More of this connection business going on. A clear connection is made. The time between being forgiving toward others and receiving God's forgiveness for ourselves. How about judging others? Jesus makes it quite clear that when we receive judgment from him, we will receive it in the same manner that we judge others. (sighs) Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Matthew 7, 1 through 2. Jesus Christ himself is whose judge? Ours. Mm. Isn't that wild to think about it? Jesus is saying this. I love that. He's our judge and he's telling the people right then and there. Be careful how you judge other people. He doesn't say because I'm going to judge you. But you know what? That's exactly how it is. I will judge you. A deep breath. Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Speak to me, O Lord. So this passage is telling us that when we judge others, we're setting the standard by which we will be judged. You're setting the standard. Matthew 7:7, 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. These are wonderful assurances. From God. He wants us to go to Him, wants us to call on Him, wants us to knock on that. Do I love when Pastor Mike says, pound it on the throne room doors? That's your, right? That's his, he coined that. Pound it on the throne room door. Right? He, God wants us to do that. Be persistent. Knocking as a good parent, come to me. But God has the perfect understanding. And flawless judgment to decide how and when he's going to fulfill that when you call upon him. Because it might not be exactly what you expect. Amen. So in the first, this first point, I said there's the gift. He always wants, he has this desire to help us. It's the gift, many shapes and sizes. The second of the imagery that I want to present to you today are glasses, golden glasses. So there's the golden gift and golden glasses. Golden glasses. And this is point two, that God always sees what is absolutely best for us. Mm. Those glasses, I'm getting to that point in my life where I need to wear them and see a little more clear. His clarity with those glasses is beyond anything we could ever know. He sees right through bone, marrow, and spirit, looks into the center of a human being, knows what you need, what I need. Amen? So the golden glasses. In James 1.17, we said that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. I ask you this, moms and dads in this room today, has your 10-year-old asked you for a motorcycle for Christmas? I'm not talking about... The Matchbox motorcycle. I'm talking about Harley Davidson, Monkey Bars. Now, any good parent probably isn't going to give a 10-year-old a motorcycle, who doesn't have a license, by the way, to go off and drive. They would probably do something very dangerous, even if they did know how to ride it. God's not going to give us something that would be detrimental to us. He's not going to do it. Not going to give us something that would draw us away from our relationship with him. Mm. Amen. Amen. If anything, he gives us something that will necessarily bring us closer to him. And as I go back to that first point of the present, it might just not look like what we expected it to look like. God has a long-term plan for us. And even in the short-term, the near-term, we don't see the far away. Right? A to B. Sometimes we just can't see B. Never mind Q. Y. Right? You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Hmm. James 4.3, right? Here's the Greek lesson for today. Ask amiss, right? This is from the Greek word kakos. And the connotation here is improperly, right? uh, Wrongly asking. It's amiss. So you ask wrongly. You ask improperly. God is not going to grant something. That is taking you away from him. Oh, now I have to say this. This is very important. That we know sometimes in this life we are so determined to make something happen that we will make it happen no matter what. We are driven and I think God lets us do that sometimes. Maybe so that we learn our own lesson. right? I'm not saying he gives it to us to do. I think sometimes we're going down that path This is Pastor Monty just saying this, thinking. I think sometimes that happens. And sometimes you have to learn the hard lesson. Sometimes. And we fall and we say, oh, if I just didn't jump out and run ahead of you, Lord. If I waited on your timing. Oh, if I didn't try to make that square fit in that circular hole. Oh, Lord. Why didn't I listen to those people that I went to for Christian counsel, trusted brothers and sisters, why did I go to the one person who I knew would tell me what I wanted to hear and I went down that path? Oh, Lord, help us. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there. I've done that. And then said, Lord, what have I brought upon myself? (laughs) I guarantee you that the gift that God gives will be better than the gift you could have thought up and contrived on your own. Paul asks thrice, take this away from me. Take the thorn away. Take it away. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My grace is sufficient. He didn't take it away. I think Paul could have asked 50, 100 times, 1,000 times. I don't think it was going to happen. Teaching Paul a lesson. My grace is sufficient unto you. Do unto others as you would want done unto you. So we started with ask, keep on knocking, the door will be opened. But It's going to connect here. To do unto others as you would have done unto you. The golden rule in our lives will absolutely have a direct impact on how God will deal with us. He's telling us that outright. There's nothing hidden there. There's nothing hidden. And sometimes God allows us to go through these periods of waiting to build our character, to shape us, to mold us, to try us. I always love that image, right, of the ironsmith, right, who's working that piece of metal. And he's beaten that thing. And he's working it, and he's making it into an artifact of his creation, something that he wants to see, and he keeps working it until it's so shiny that it reflects his own face in the metal. And that is us. We are that metal. And God wants to see his own image in us. Amen? So these trials that we go through, these challenges, this period of waiting, it's all part of it, the way that God wants to respond. Romans 13, 8 through 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbors as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Who is your neighbor? Mm, Right? I believe that Jesus tells us a parable about who is our neighbor. Your neighbor is isn't just your brother and sister in this room. Your neighbor isn't the person geographically who lives next door to you. Your neighbor is your enemy. How about that one? Your neighbor is your enemy. Your neighbor is the person who you said something to this week and they're holding a grudge against you. That's your neighbor. Your neighbor is someone that you wish you hadn't said what you said and now you're, oh man, that's your neighbor. Go to them. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Spirit move through you. Your neighbor is the person that you don't like because the way they look, smell, dress, eat. You don't like, that's your neighbor. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. Matthew 7 mirrors this idea that is expressed in the Old Testament in Leviticus 19.18. You shall not take vengeance. Oh, I love that. That's Mike knows. I love the King James. You shall not, you shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Uh, That's Leviticus nineteen eighteen. I won't go back into that voice again. But you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. God's instruction is the same in the Old and the New Testament. Right? Well, this is going to bring us to our third illustration. Hmm. The golden hammer. Now let's consider a hammer for a moment. A hammer can be used as a tool, and a hammer can be used as a weapon so I know there's one in this room for sure but where are my fans of the Marvel universe and the, and the Marvel character Thor Thor, yeah. Thor. what's Thor's weapon hammer. Mjolnir he has a name that's right so the, the, the hammer has a name Thor didn't always have the hammer though right yeah so this, this is actually worth talking about believe it or not <laughs> So Thor has this hammer, but Thor didn't always have the hammer because in the way the story goes about the character, he had to be found just and righteous to pick up the hammer. It was so heavy, he could never pick it up. So he isn't born with it. And at some point, he does pick it up. He proves himself. And so now he has this hammer, and he can choose what to do with it. He can use this to to defend the weak and the poor, to use it in a righteous way, or he could use it in a malicious way. Right, And so the neat thing about this story is that when he throws that hammer and it goes out, it automatically comes back to him into his hand. Right, So he can send it out. He can send it out and drive it out. And it can accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. But it's going to come back. Judge not. So I'm going to ask you, When you have that hammer and you throw it out, if you're using that hammer to beat people down and you're using that hammer to get one-upsmanship on the people that you encounter and you use that hammer to prove a point to everyone you meet such that you can never be wrong and you use that hammer to always be elevated and exalt yourself, if you use that hammer in that way, I tell you that hammer is going to come back and it's going to bean you right in the face you're not going to be able to catch it because the hammer that comes back is from the hand of God. The standard that we set is the level at which God is going to send it back to us. That's where the analogy takes a turn because you can't catch it if God wants it to come back and you to learn a lesson, you learn it. We will learn it. And I'm not saying this in any way. You know, I'm not saying it in a flippant way. This is for all of us to acknowledge and make a self-assessment of how we interact with brother and sister, with neighbors. It, this, this is important. These are principles. And right around Christmas time, because you know, I remember the stories. Right, So I was a boy at the time, but I remember 1980s cabbage patch kids (laughs) people fighting in the in the stores do some of you remember that brawling in the stores for a cabbage patch kid yes it serves to illustrate my point right so how do you conduct especially during this time we get to carry it throughout the year not just at Christmas time the golden hammer the golden present Right, God's desire is going to give us help. The golden glasses. He sees and knows what's best for us. The golden hammer. He wants us to drive out our love to others. He wants to send out the love to other people. Man, in today's world, has this philosophy. Looking out for oneself. Getting ahead. First taking what I want and then you can have what you want. I think we all see that maybe in our workplaces or um, or just any, maybe any avenue of life, but there is that feeling out there, it's my way, it's the way I want it, advertisements are that way. It's a thread that runs through society, through culture. But in Matthew 7, 12, Jesus says, therefore, Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. The word therefore connects, this is what we're talking about, back to those promises that God made earlier in that chapter, in chapter seven. Connects us back to God because God wants to help us. God wants us uh, to love one another. God knows what's best for us and he wants us to turn that and extend that horizontally. Amen. So I want to I finish and we'll, we'll have a time of praise as kind of a springboard to go off into this week of Christmas. I, I want you to consider this story. And this is the fourth of my imagery. The present, the glasses, the hammer, and the boy. The golden boy. So this boy's name is Emery. And Emery is a second grader. And Emery uh, is a little slower than the other children in his class and he has uh, a disability and his mother knows that the other children in the class in his second grade class shun him. And so they kind of, they treat him differently, poorly. But Emery, a couple weeks before Christmas, says, Mom, I want to make Christmas cards. I want to make 35 of them all the other kids in my class. And his mother is kind of holding her time because she's thinking he is going to make 35 and there isn't a one that's going to come back to him. But mom supports him and mom says, okay, Emery, you make those cards. So he works furiously, feverishly, making all these cards, uh, has everybody's name spot on and he runs out to the bus and goes off to school. So mom's spending the day and she says, well, this isn't going to end well, so I'm going to make some his favorite cookies and I'm going to get some milk and we're going to wait for Emery to come home. So Emery comes home and she's standing there at the door and she sees him get off and he gets off the bus. He's got nothing in his hands and he's stomping and tromping, going down. And he walks off the bus, right through the door, right past his mother. And she's kind of standing there seeing that there's nothing in his hands, as she expected. And as he's passing her, he says, not a one, not a one, not a one, mom, not a one. And she's holding back her tears, right? Not one kid has given him a Christmas card. And then he says, not a one, mom. I didn't forget not a one name. Not a one. It wasn't that he didn't receive one it was that he didn't forget one and if there is anything that mirrors our Lord Jesus Christ it's that he doesn't forget one so I challenge you this day how much are you like that golden boy not picking and choosing who you will extend love and compassion to but not forgetting one I'm going to ask the praise team to come up this morning. As we celebrate our Lord. There's, I, I, I'm so excited for this season and, and to remember why we're doing this. And I can't think of a better way to end today than having some more praise and springing out. Spring forth. I know it's winter, it's not spring, but we're going to spring forth. Amen.